This is Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults. Episode 15, How to Overcome FOMO. Hi there, and welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We are your hosts, Tani Beardall and Erica Peterson. We will be interviewing guests with unique experiences and experts in different fields to help us get the most out of each episode. I am really excited to introduce you to our special guest today. Her name is Sarah Payne, and she has quickly become one of my favorite people. Sarah has her master's degree in education, and she's a life coach and was certified through the Life Coach School. I've gotten to know Sarah very well over the past few months as she has been my personal coach. She is crazy wise and has given me a lot of encouragement in starting this podcast, so I really want to thank her for that. I just adore her, and I'm really thankful for her in my life. I'm happy to tell you that you can have her in your life regularly as well. She has an incredible podcast called Life on Call, and after you spend some time learning from her today, I'm sure you will want to check it out. So welcome to Becoming, Sarah. Oh my goodness. Thank you. That was an amazing introduction. Well, thank you for being here with us. It really means a lot to me. Thanks for having me. We are super excited about our topic today. This topic is universal from teenagers to adults. We all experience this, but Sarah is here to help us today to learn how to overcome FOMO. (laughs) And I'm sure that most of these awesome teens that we have listening know what this means, but we do have some listeners who may never have heard of this phrase. So can you tell us about FOMO and what it means? Yeah, so FOMO is the acronym for fear of missing out. It basically just means that you feel like you're missing out on something in your life. It can be like in a broad sense, like my entire life isn't what it should be, or it can just be like, oh, my Friday night isn't what it should be. Apparently, they've also come up with some other acronyms. One of them is FOBO, F-O-B-O, and that's fear of being offline. And it's kind of this intense fear that a lot of, especially the younger generations, feel like whenever they're not attached to their phones, like that intense anxiety that they're missing out. And then JOMO, J-O-M-O, is actually the opposite of FOMO. It's the joy of missing out. It's like (laughs) the happiness that comes from just disconnecting and uh, not worrying about what everyone else is doing. I know that calling it FOMO and using the acronym is funny and lighthearted, but I really want to talk about how real and hard and sometimes heartbreaking these feelings can really be. No, definitely. I mean, it really is a, a real thing. And especially in today's day and age where we're so connected to what other people are doing because of social media, we can see at almost any given time what our friends and not even our friends, what, you know, famous people are doing, then it just is always available to us. I don't think either one of us grew up with Instagram. It was like, maybe we would experience FOMO 
on Monday morning, if we found out at school that there's some kind of event that we weren't a part of, right? It wasn't in real time, like teenagers have to deal with now, which I think is just an extra challenge. But I don't think it's not possible to have a truly enriched life and not always wish that your life were different than it was. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm totally still that way as an adult. I have not conquered these feelings yet. We were just at a cabin with a bunch of friends and I cannot go to bed until I know everyone else is sleeping because I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on the fun or miss out on some experience. So I'm up there like, okay, I'm tired, but I'm just going to sit here and keep having fun until everyone else goes to bed. I don't want to get left <laughs> off. So these feelings still exist as an adult. And what I hope we can learn from you today is how to cope with these feelings and how to be more resilient to them and understand how to control these thoughts. Definitely. So can you tell us what causes FOMO? Why does it happen? That is a great question because a lot of people will tell you that Instagram causes FOMO, right? Or Snapchat causes FOMO. That's actually not true. What causes FOMO is what happens in your brain in between when you see the pictures on social media and and then what you think about them. So it's our thoughts that cause the fear of missing out. It's thoughts like, I wish I were there or I'm not having as much fun as they are or even why didn't they invite me? Something must be wrong with me. It's thoughts like that that cause you to feel that fear of missing out. What I teach my clients as a life coach is that we can't control a lot of the circumstances of our life. But what we can control is how we think about those circumstances. And our thoughts always cause our feelings. And then our feelings are what drive all of our actions. And then our actions are what create our results. So really, our thoughts are directly connected to whatever result we're having in our life. If we're thinking thoughts like, my life isn't what it should be, or their life is better than mine, then we're going to feel, maybe we'll feel sad, maybe we'll feel ashamed or embarrassed. And then all of those feelings are what are going to drive our actions. Mm-hmm. And so it's just important to know that thoughts are the part of our life that we have control over. We can decide what we want to think about any given circumstance. Most people will teach you that circumstances cause you to feel a certain way, but yeah. there's that in between, that thought that you can choose. That's why we'll often hear things like, just cut social media out of your life, right? And while I'm a big proponent for being moderate with social media, because there's so many other great things about life, it's not your feed that is causing you to feel FOMO. It's what you're thinking and making that mean. That is really so powerful. But what happens when we have no control over it? What if I just don't get invited to something and I'm not being included with a group of friends? Being left out is part of being a human. And even just recognizing like there's nothing has gone wrong. Nothing is wrong with you. It's just a natural feeling. Yeah. Yeah, Especially as an adolescent, that is just like, how many times do you learn that over and over? Just being able to feel those feelings instead of like resisting them or avoiding them or like buffering with them. Feeling your feelings is not like just not getting out of bed and like just succumbing to the sadness. It's actually you go out of your head and into your body and you just feel, what does sadness feel like to me? Mm -hmm. Like it feels heavy, like an elephant on my chest. So that's what I would tell my clients. Like I'm feeling sad, you know, and I'd be like, what does sadness feel like? Have you 
ever experienced a time when you happened upon something that was going on without you and then felt those strong feelings of FOMO? Because I feel like that happens a ton to teenagers, especially because they're online and they happen upon something that's going on right then without them. Like, have you ever had that happen to you? Oh my goodness. Yes. Several times. One instance comes to mind that's like seared in my brain because <laughs> it was kind of a turning point for me. But my husband and my young son and I had just moved um, across the country so that my husband could go to school. And we were living in the frigid Midwest during like January. And I called my sister to just, I don't know, shoot the breeze and commiserate a little bit. Yeah. It was actually my husband's sister. I called her just to talk to her. And it happened to be a holiday. And on any holiday where people don't have to work, my father-in-law has this tradition where he takes everybody out to breakfast. And I totally wasn't thinking about it. And I called my sister and she said, hey, I'm so glad you called. We're all at breakfast right now. Everybody say hi to Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. And I remember talking to them for just a minute and then I hung up the phone and I just burst into tears because I couldn't imagine anything worse (laughs) than being in sub-zero temperatures in Iowa by myself with my baby while my husband was off studying Everybody was together without me, and I felt so left out. I felt like just deep sadness. I truly remember bursting into tears and then being sad the whole rest of the day. I remember telling my husband about it when he got home and just thinking like, how sad is this that we're here and everybody else is there, and we're the only ones who aren't there. (laughs) And you know, I felt sad about it for quite a while, a day or two at least, And then I just had this moment where I realized there is a different way that I can look at this situation. I can be truly grateful that I'm part of a family that gets together for breakfast on holidays. I mean, I have such a generous father-in-law and I am so grateful that I have a family that I'm sad when I'm not with them. Because a lot of people have families that they don't feel that way. And I'm also so grateful that I have a family that is willing to get together even when everybody's not there. Sometimes there are situations where families will only get together when the out-of-town company is in town. But I have a family that gets together all the time. Also, I'm so grateful that I have a husband that is willing to further his education. Because the reality is, I could totally move home with my baby and stay in my parents' basement. (laughs) Like, that's what I thought, you know? I was owning the fact that I was choosing to live away from my family members because I wanted to live with my husband and I wanted to support him while he was going through school. But I didn't have to. I could have moved home and taken my baby and gone and lived in Utah where my family was. But I was choosing to stay with my husband. And just owning that choice was a real turning point for me. Because all of a sudden, I wasn't a victim. I wasn't like, oh, poor me, I'm stuck here in Iowa. It was instead, no, I'm choosing to be here. And I am really, really lucky to have this life that I do and this family that I do. You can turn your thoughts around too and take a 180 and be like, okay, I'm done thinking negatively about the situation. I'm going to choose to try to see the positive things. 
everybody listening probably felt, oh, but that does just stink. Like that makes you jealous or that makes you sad. But when you flip it around and you have all this gratitude for little things and for big things that it helps you totally change your story. I think that's really important what you said too. Like it changes your story, Erica, because we can tell whatever story we want. (laughs) We get to decide how we interpret our life and we can choose to interpret it however we want. And we may as well choose a story that is helping us. And I've had people say, well, that's just being delusional. You're just not being realistic. But in reality, it's kind of a delusion either way. It's a delusion for me to sit and feel sorry for myself. And it's a delusion for me to think I'm the luckiest girl alive. So I may as well, it feels a lot better for me (laughs) to believe that I'm like the luckiest girl alive. I love that. I feel like this is something that we can help teens kind of apply to their social media use. They're going to be seeing things that they're not a part of. How can they turn that around and look at it in a more positive light? I think that just paying attention to what we're thinking about it and knowing that it's a choice, how we're choosing to think about it. So like, instead of thinking they left me out, we could just think, I'm so glad I have friends that like to have a good time. Or next time I want to have fun, like I'm going to invite those girls because they know how to bring the fun. Or like in the case with my family, you know, I'm so glad my family gets together, even when I'm not around. Like it really truly doesn't mean anything about me or take away from my life that they get together when I'm not there. It really doesn't when I think about it. And also, if we want to be a part of something that we're not a part of, like we all have the power to create that for ourselves in some way. Yeah. You don't have to sit around and wait for someone to invite you to something. I am certain that in every high school in the world, there is someone that needs a friend. And you can be that friend. You can decide, I'm going to search out the people that need friendship. And I am going to be that person for them. You get to have the power the next time to create that fun and invite those people. And if those people are not wanting to spend time with you, then you have the power to go and make new friends. There's Mm -hmm. so many things that you do have the power over. And they may not be the people that you thought it was going to be with, but you do have control over your efforts and your world and what you create. Don't you think it's so important to just be like open to possibilities instead of just assuming, no, these are the people I want to be my friends. What if the people that you thought would be your closest friends really weren't? What if you were just open to finding new friends wherever you went? Yeah, that feeling is really liberating. And I've had it even as an adult where I kept feeling left out. And it actually created more opportunity for me to grow different friendships that I wouldn't have had that are true lasting friendships. And you can still keep those friends and keep in touch. It's great to have multiple groups of friends and you're just creating more connections and more relationships. But we can never control what other people think of us, even though we'd like to. We're never going to outrun the judgments of other people, Mm -hmm. but we can always control what we think of other people. How do we want to feel about other people and what do we want to think about them? I don't know about you guys, but love feels so much better to me than judgment. For me personally, in my own core, it's better for other people, I believe, if we're just loving instead of judgmental. But when I'm just being selfish, I would rather feel love than judgment. Absolutely. And we can control that about how we feel about others, but we'll never, ever be able to control that in other people. Big to understand that. That's so big. And I'm still learning it. As adults, like, it's just something that we continually learn. Oh, wait, I'm realizing that I'm, I'm caring a lot about what they think about me, but that's really out of my control. 
Yeah. Yeah. How do I want to think about them and how do I want to think about me? I know some people when they don't have plans or they haven't been invited to go do something, sometimes they maybe use social media to worsen how they feel like they're almost searching out things to justify their feelings of missing out. Any thoughts that you have about how to help teens with that problem? Yeah, because misery loves company, right? So let's just put some salt on the wound. (laughs) I think it's important. Like I said, I think social media is great. There are so many benefits and it brings people together. But it can also become what I call a buffer, right? Where we use it to like escape how we're feeling or almost compound how we're feeling. Oh, I'm feeling sad. Let's just go down into the depths of despair. But instead of just turning to social media whenever you don't want to deal with real life, I just recommend that you set some rules up for yourself, which I'm sure all of their parents have talked to them about. And when you set rules for yourself, okay, I'm going to look at Instagram from 8.30 to 9 every night. And then after that, I'm done. It just takes away that urge that you have to check it incessantly. I agree. And if you know that you struggle on the weekends with those feelings of FOMO, maybe set your personal limit and say, I'm not going to even have my phone out this weekend. I'm going to just focus on the people in front of me, spend time with my family, go to a movie with my siblings or whatever it might be. Every single human being who interacts in social media, a lot of times it's because of boredom. It's not necessarily because you're looking for something and it can create those feelings. One thing everyone needs to be reminded about is that it's okay to be bored. Wait for your family to do something fun with you. That is often where a lot of creative thinking happens. So it's okay to be bored. And anytime you're on social media, like you're not fully living your life in the present because you're looking at pictures of someone else's life. That's true. But one thing I really want to bring up is that even if we cut out social media completely, like I deleted it off my phone, I want us to know that this doesn't mean the feelings of FOMO are just going to disappear. When we were younger, we didn't have social media. We didn't have anything like that. I didn't have a phone until I was in college. But I still experienced these feelings. I remember having a fantastic weekend with my family. You know, we'd do something awesome and I had a great time. I didn't get invited anywhere with my friends. And that was fine because I just lived in the moment with my family and I had a great time. But then you go back to school on Monday and you hear that a bunch of your friends got together and nobody even invited you. So all of a sudden you're ticked off and you're bummed out and you're just like, dang it, my weekend stunk. But in reality, you enjoyed your weekend. Social media isn't going to completely dissolve the feelings of FOMO. Because FOMO doesn't come from social media. Comes from what you're thinking about it. And for a lot of us, it's really easy to have thoughts that we're missing out when we look at social media. I love what you've taught us and how we really need to learn to control our thoughts and that our thoughts are what are controlling our feelings and our feelings are what control our actions. So it all starts with these darn thoughts that we're struggling with. So can you give us some other thoughts that we can focus on instead when we feel these feelings of intense FOMO? One thing that helps me is just recognizing that it's totally and completely normal. There's nothing wrong with you or your life if you feel left out once in a while. It's part of being a human and it's especially part of being a teenager. It doesn't ever go away completely and that's okay. It's just learning that you can't always be everywhere at the same time. And there's always going to be things that are going on that you're not a part of. And you can take those experiences and you can actually learn from them and make them positive in your life. 
I love that. Make your own fun. If you're feeling that way, undoubtedly, there are other people feeling that way too. Definitely. And then I think it's important to give us our own power back. We can think about like things that are within our control. We can't always control if we're invited to something. That's out of our control a lot of the time. But we can control the kind of friend that we are. We can take the focus off of ourselves and decide what we want to think about other people. And I touched on this briefly earlier, but it can sometimes feel so disempowering to worry so much about what other people think about us. Like, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of my outfit? What are they going to think of what I just said? I should have never said that, right? I can't believe this. All of these crazy thoughts that go through our head. And instead, when we find ourselves kind of spinning out, we can just flip it around. Wait, I don't have control over that. But what do I want to think about them? Like, how do I want to think about them? And how do I want to feel about them? And also, you know what else we have control over? What we think about ourselves. Yes. And we're often like so concerned about searching for validation outside of ourselves. And instead, we can flip it on like, well, actually, the very best person to think awesome thoughts about me is totally me. How can I make sure that the voice in my head is speaking kindly to me? I love that thought process. And it has seriously changed my life when I decided to change how I was thinking about myself first. It takes conscious work to take a little step back to think about what you think about yourself. I like to tell my clients, pretend you're the Google satellite of your brain, (laughs) that you're not your thoughts, you're just watching them. Oh, I noticed that I'm speaking like really mean to myself right now. What's that all about? And it's not true. And then the next thing you can do is like you can take control of your own social calendar, plan your own activity and create your own fun and realize that there are other people that are hoping for a friend just like you. You can be that friend to them. It's so true. So I want to talk about what if you feel like you have a pretty good friend, but you feel like they are intentionally leaving you out of things. You're noticing you're never getting invited. What do we do? I mean, I think that's on a case-by-case basis for sure, you know. I, I'm definitely not opposed to, to you confronting a friend that you feel like is not including you, but just ask yourself why you're doing it. What's my intention? Yeah. And just to remember, like, if that's truly is the case, if there really is a friend who is intentionally not inviting you to things, that's a painful place to be. I tell my clients that hurt people try to hurt people. So what must be going on for them if they feel the need to not include you? That might be a really painful place for them. And maybe if that continually happens, have more respect for yourself than putting yourself in that same situation over and over. Right. Definitely. So what is the very best cure for FOMO? Okay, well, I hope there's no eye rolling going on when I say this because I know we like drill this into our youth, but it's so important. And when they're old, like we are, then they're going to understand it more. But it really is gratitude because FOMO comes from like a place of scarcity, like a lack, like my life isn't as good as it should be. Yeah. And when we're grateful for what we have, then it's so hard to feel scarcity and feel like this lack and this fear of missing out. The teens that are listening to this podcast, I'm guessing that most of them are listening to it on a smartphone, maybe like driving in their car or on their, with their AirPods. Probably most of them have super amazing lives and have clean drinking water 
and they probably aren't running for their lives every day in a war-torn country. They probably have a bed to sleep on at night. I mean, their lives are amazing, right? Right. So there's so much to be grateful for. And I think it's important to be grateful for the big things like our families and relationships. I think that's very important. But I also think it's totally okay to be grateful for the really small things like mechanical pencils (laughs) or, or whatever it is, or like gas stations. I mean, what if there were no gas stations? That would really make driving my car a lot more difficult. Just things like that that we don't often think about. What if I couldn't get water from the tap? What if I had to go to a well to get it? Yeah. There are so many times when we're feeling like our life is just imploding. And then when you start to list off things that are great, then things start turning around. When you are feeling left out, when you are feeling like you are missing out, start recognizing the things that you should be grateful for. And then you can turn your whole story around. Definitely. I feel like you gave us so many little gems and good information that can help us really control these thoughts of FOMO and learn how to cope with them and deal with them better. Do you think you could briefly recap your tips for us? Definitely, yeah. So the first one is to remember that FOMO comes from what you're thinking. It doesn't come from anything outside of you. And the second is with social media, just be wise about how you use it and plan it. Plan your social media use. The third one is instead of focusing on what you're missing out on, flip it around and look outward on how you can create what you want in your life and how you can include others instead of always thinking about how others aren't including you. And then the fourth one is to be grateful, to take time each day to focus on the things that you've been given because it's impossible to feel fear of missing out and scarcity when you have an abundant mindset. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. We have loved learning about how to overcome FOMO with you. And I feel like we all have taken away at least one or two things that we can work on so that we can all have more gratitude in our lives and be able to create more joy. Thank you for having me. I've truly enjoyed it. So if our listeners just need to have more of Sarah, where can they find you? Oh, yeah. So I have a podcast called Life on Call. So they can search that wherever they listen to podcasts. And then my website, sarahpain.com. Sarah with no H. Perfect, Sarah. Thank you so much. We hope you've enjoyed this mini series on friendship. We hope that you had fun learning about making and keeping friends and that you'll make smart choices about choosing your friends wisely. And today we hope we've helped you to overcome your feelings of missing out We've learned so much in this process, and we hope that you have too. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please click to subscribe and join us on Instagram. We'll see you next time on Becoming.